Tom Brady did not disappoint in his return to Foxborough to face his former team, the New England Patriots, for the first time on Sunday Night Football. We're breaking it down. Plus, there were only two remaining undefeated teams and only two remaining defeated teams. A couple teams got off the snide this week in the NFL, week four of the NFL football season. We wrap it up right here. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Bo Brock. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Fired up. Welcome into the podcast. I'm your Monday host, Bo Brock, daily host of Locked On Cardinals, where we're talking about Kyler Murray, spreading the gospel of the third-year quarterback who's now the leader of a 4-0 football franchise, the only 4-0 team in the NFL. I can, I'm only gloating because I can at this point. In the Las Vegas Raiders who play tonight, Monday Night Football, the the only other undefeated team as we nearly put week four in the books for the 2021 season. A lot went down on Sunday after Thursday night's thriller. Surprisingly good game between the Cincinnati Bengals and Jacksonville Jaguars. But we had a lot of good, great games actually on Sunday. The rookie quarterbacks, they fared a little bit better than they did last week, starting to take some steps in the right direction, which is good. Uh, you know, Mac Jones might have lost last night to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but uh, he played very well. Zach Wilson, how'd he do? And Trey Lance saw some considerable considerable amount of time under center in the shotgun for the San Francisco 49ers and may see some more in the near future. Justin Fields, was he able to rebound from his performance where he was sacked nine times in week three in week four against the Detroit Lions? Uh, we do want to thank you for making the Locked On NFL podcast your first listen each and every day. We appreciate you tuning in on Mondays, listening to me on Tuesdays with Luke Braun and Ross Jackson, Wednesday with our guys, Tony Wiggins and James Rippon, and of course, Alex Clancy and our guy, uh, Tyler Rowland on Thursday, and your boy Q and Chris Carter wrapping things up, getting you ready for another week of football on Friday. Thank you for making Locked On NFL your first listen. And, and let me remind you, it's free on all platforms, including YouTube. If you haven't checked out our YouTube channel, please do so. Subscribe to that channel. Lots of great content going up on a daily basis and lots of great content added your way, no doubt about it. Week four, as I said, Jags, they went to 0-4. And the Cincinnati Bengals, a surprise 3-1 team, upstart. Joe Burrow slinging it around. His young receivers looking good. We knew about that. Chris Carter and your boy Q broke it down on Friday. As far as the rest of week four, with the exception of tonight's Monday night football game, it was great. Let's take you through the scores real quick. How about the Washington football team? They did not look good. That defense continues to struggle through four weeks of the NFL season. Taylor Heineke, 290 yards through the air, three touchdowns. Terry McLaurin, Scary Terry, 123 yards and two touchdowns as Washington outlasts the Atlanta Falcons, 34-30. They had to hold off Matty Ice to uh, keep him out of the end zone to win this game. And the Atlanta Falcons, they fall to 1-3. And, and the Washington football team, they even their record at 2-2, two 34-30. Two, Corderell Patterson, 116 total yards, three touchdowns. Really get some carries out of the backfield 
for the Dirty Birds. The Buffalo Bills absolutely just crushed the Houston Texans. The Bills, 40. Texans, 0. Josh Allen, 248 yards in the air. Two touchdowns. One pick. Both of those touchdown passes to Dawson Knox, the tight end. Texans rookie quarterback, Davis Mills. Told you that the rookie quarterbacks did a little bit better this week. Not Davis Mills. Rookie out of Stanford, four picks, just 87 yards passing. Chicago Bears, they were victorious. Justin Fields' first win as a starting quarterback, 209 yards a pick. David Montgomery was the star on the field, 106 yards rushing. Two TDs, got to check in on a knee injury with Montgomery. Detroit Lions, just 14 points, 24-14 total. Uh, Jared Goff, 299 yards through the air, took care of the football. Two touchdowns, both to wide receiver, the speedy Khalif Raymond. 5-8. He had two tutties in a setback as the Detroit Lions. Yeah, they uh they are still seeking their first win of the season at 0-4. The Dallas Cowboys, they take out the Carolina Panthers 36-28. And uh, don't look too far ahead, but the Dallas Cowboys 3-1. They lead the NFC East with a 36-28 win for the over the Carolina Panthers handing the Panthers their first loss of the season. Dak Prescott, 188 yards through the air, four touchdowns. Ezekiel Elliott, very good on the ground, 143 yards. Sam Darnold in a loss. He had 304 yards passing, two touchdowns. He did turn the ball over twice with some picks. And then he also had two rushing TDs. Sam Darnold uh, finding the end zone with regularity on the ground in the 2021 NFL season. It's Bo Brock hanging out with you. And uh, looking further at a couple of these other early games, a couple rookie quarterbacks or a couple New York teams actually got off uh, the Schneid and into the win column. But the Cleveland Browns, they won a throwdown slugfest with the Minnesota Vikings. It was 14-7. to Browns win this one. And after their season opening loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, they are now 3-1. Nick Chubb, 100 yards on the ground. Kareem Hunt, a TD. Kirk Cousins threw a crucial pick in that game. His first 203 yards through the air. Touchdown, Justin Jefferson was on the receiving end of that one. Carson Wentz gets his first win as the Indianapolis Colts quarterback as the Colts get their first W of the season there. One and three, 27-17 over the Miami Dolphins. Jacoby Brissett gets another start. He had 190 yards through the air, two touchdowns. Devontae Parker, 77 receiving yards and a touchdown. Wentz, 228, two tutties. Jonathan Taylor, 103 yards on the ground and a touchdown. And the Chiefs were able to take down the Philadelphia Eagles 42-30. Patrick Mahomes, 278 yards, throw, uh, passing five touchdowns. He did throw a pick, and Tyreek Hill was an absolute beast. 178 receiving yards, three touchdowns. Jalen Hurts picking up a lot of throwing yards uh, in as they tried to play catch-up in this game. 387 through the air, two touchdowns. Devontae Smith, 122 receiving yards for the rookie out of Alabama. And Zach Wilson. His finest day as a pro, the Jets shock the Titans 27-24 in overtime. Wilson, 297, two touchdowns. Took care of the ball relatively well for Zach Wilson's standards. Just one pick. Derrick Henry in the setback for the Titans, who looked like they were back on track after a couple nice wins. They fall to 2-2. Two and two. 157 from King Henry and a touchdown in the loss. The second team in New York that got off the schneid yesterday it was the New York Giants. An overtime victory over the New Orleans Saints. 27-21, Dalen Jones goes for 402 yards through the air. Two touchdowns a pick. And it was Saquon Barkley scoring the game-winning touchdown. 
New Orleans, another tough loss, kind of in a Jekyll and Hyde performance early on in the 2021 season from the Saints. I bring on Patricia Trainer of Locked On Giants to break down the big W for the G-Men. And Patricia, it was back-to-back disappointing losses for the Giants. They finally get off the shine with their first win of 2021. Yeah, you know, for a while there, I, I was wondering if I was going to remember how to report on a win, but uh, I found how to do it. I have some old stuff that I looked up. No, seriously, big win for the Giants. Um, you know, they they talked about having hit rock bottom a little bit after last week's loss to the, the Falcons. And Joe Judge, the head coach, said, hey, listen, we're going to be okay. We're going to get this fixed. And a lot of people are like, okay, Joe. Show us. Don't tell us. Show right. us. And the game wasn't perfect against the Saints. There were still some some issues that still need to be cleaned up. But what you saw is you saw Daniel Jones come of age, as you mentioned before. You saw Saquon Barkley look like Saquon Barkley. And hallelujah, you saw Jason Garrett use Saquon Barkley to his full potential. You saw Kenny Galladay um, make plays. You saw Kadarius Tony do all the things that they talked about that he could do, why, which is why they drafted him in the first round. You even saw the defensive front play, you know, even though they didn't have any sacks, you saw them play stout. Um, this without Blake Martinez, mind you, uh, who went down with the season-ending injury. So you saw a lot of good things from the Giants. Again, not a perfect game, but a much, much improved game from the first three that they put on paper. Yeah, certainly not a perfect game. Uh, w, nonetheless. And does it give... Joe Judge, does it give Daniel Jones, does it give Jason Garrett a little longer leash now? It seemed like everybody was out for that trio of of, uh, members of the Giants organization. Yeah, I I think, you know, with Joe Judge, he was never on the hot seat. I I don't know why people think that. He's going to get at least this year, possibly next year, to turn this around. I mean, if if you're looking for somebody in charge to be on the hot seat, I think Dave Gettleman would have been the person you would have identified as opposed to Joe Judge. Jason Garrett, absolutely, he was on the hot seat. You know, the big complaint with him was he wasn't creative enough. He wasn't utilizing players to their strengths. You saw him try a few new different things this week. You know, you also saw a few uh, staples that I wish he would throw out of the playbook, such as that jet sweep down in the red zone with Evan Ingram. Get rid of that play, please. Um, but, you know, consider all things considering – Daniel Jones, really good performance. And hey, how about that offensive line? Fourth different offensive line combination in as many weeks, going down to what I call the Thunderdome, that that uh, Caesars Superdome, which is a loud place to play. And that, let me tell you, that place um, with the fans coming back in for the first time since Hurricane Ida, you knew it was going to be, you know, the, the joint was going to be hopping, so they say. So kudos to the Giants offensive line. I don't think they had any false starts that I can recall. They did a really good job. No sacks allowed. Just a, an A-plus effort from that group from the pass-blocking perspective. The run-blocking still needs to be cleaned up a little bit more, but overall, much, much better performance than what we anticipated. Yeah, no doubt about it. It was that defense, too, setting up a big interception, Taysom Hill, uh, late in this contest. It was, you know, they they didn't intercept. They, didn't, they weren't able to get their hands on any uh, Jameis Winston throwing footballs, but Nonetheless, when they were going good last season, it seemed to be the defense that was the one that was carrying this team. Was it surprising? Because this is it's Dallas up next. You got the Rams coming as well. Carolina Panthers, who just suffered their first loss of the season. How important was it to get this win right now? 
Oh, big time important. You know, the Giants spoke about how these first, you know, three games of the season might be like an extension of preseason, which you don't want to hear if you're, you know, following the Giants because, hey, it's not preseason. The preseason, these games start to count now. That said, the idea was for them to get better and better and better. Now, the first three games, you know, you could say week one, they were just outplayed. Week two, they probably should have won that game, but they shot themselves in the foot. You can make the argument that they shot themselves in the foot last week against the Falcons, and uh, you know they needed to clean some of that stuff up. Now, again, not a perfect game this week, but they didn't shoot themselves in the foot, and when they did make mistakes, they were able to overcome them. That's That's been the big difference. So this game, I think, will build the confidence in them to show them, hey, yes, we can win games. We can overcome mistakes. We can overcome, you know, adversity and we can, you know, achieve the goals that we want. So I think this was a huge game for them and it's going to give them all kinds of confidence going against a very tough Dallas Cowboys team on the road down in Jerry's world. I mean, that's a tough place to play in as well, but I think this confidence level is going to be up there. Can't wait to see it. A big NFC East rivalry coming your way. Week five, Patricia Trena, Patricia underscore Trena on Twitter. She's breaking this one down. It's on Monday's episode of Locked on Giants. Thanks, Patricia. You're welcome. So both New York teams get their first W of the season, but what was the biggest win of week four? Let's get into that conversation. First, I got to tell you about Get Upside. It's the app that everybody who buys gas needs to know about the get upside app. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents every gallon of gas. Every time they fill up, just download the get upside app in the app store or Google play right now. Use the promo code touchdown and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon. That's 50 cents per gallon on your first fill up. You get cash back using get upside. There's no catch. Download the app for free. Use the promo code touchdown and get 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a ton, they're making upwards of $200, $300 a month from the Get Upside app. All you have to do, download it and you get cash back. Add it right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card for Amazon or other brands. Just download the free Get Upside app. Use the promo code touchdown and you'll get the 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's touchdown with the free get upside app week four did not disappoint less walk-offs. You had a couple overtime thrillers. We talked about those with the New York teams getting some W's over some other teams that uh, are very Jekyll and Hyde. I don't know what I can tell you about the Tennessee Titans right now, if you can trust them or the New Orleans saints, two teams that were in the postseason in 2020 that are uh, very having very uneven 2021 campaigns, to say the least. You know, the quarterback position in flux in the Big Easy. Uh, nice to see him back down there in New Orleans playing home games in the, uh, what is it, the Caesars Palace uh, Dome. But uh, then Tennessee dealing with their defense, you know, giving up many points as they did to the New York Jets on offense. They're, that offense, uh, it's uh, it's very concerning. Let's look at some later games and what I thought was the biggest win of week four of the NFL season. You're going to say you're biased, but it was a huge win. I don't think anybody can deny this one. But uh, Baltimore Ravens, they hand the Denver Broncos their first L of the season, 23-7. Lamar Jackson, 316 yards in the air. Touchdown, Latavius Murray plunged in for a TD as well. Teddy Bridgewater did not finish this game left at halftime. He uh, had 65 yards and a touchdown in the setback. 
The Green Bay Packers, they take out the Pittsburgh Steelers, who were up early in this contest, but the Packers, they just jet it right past them. 27-17, Aaron Rodgers, 248 yards, two touchdowns, and a rushing score. Ben Roethlisberger continues to look rusty, rough out there for Big Ben, 238 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. We'll get into what I thought was the biggest win of Sunday, week four, but there was a big win that went down in Santa Clara. It was the Seattle Seahawks taking out the San Francisco 49ers, 28-21. Jimmy G did not finish this game. He actually, uh, they had Trey Lance start the second half for the Niners, and the Seahawks were able to take advantage of it. The final score, probably not an indicator of how uh, this game was in hand for the Seattle Seahawks. Bring on Seahawks, Locked On Seahawks host, Corbin Smith. He joins us here on the Locked On NFL podcast. Corbin, thanks for joining us. And how big, you know, we don't want to throw around must win in week four, but how big of a win was this for the Seahawks taking on a division foe and getting the W over the Niners? Well, one and three is always going to sound worse than two and two, but especially in this division, the Seahawks were already two games out of first place. They absolutely had to have this game. And I know there's an extra game on the schedule this year, so you can kind of look at past seasons with a little bit of a grain of salt when it comes to percentages, but only 13% of the team since 1990 that were one and three to open the season made the playoffs. It was over 30% at two and two. And so that's a big jump there. And obviously in this division, now Seattle, there's still two games behind Arizona, but now they're only one game behind the Rams who they get to host on Thursday night. So, you know, there was kind of this, the sky is falling feeling in Seattle. And that was continuing early on in this game because the Seahawks were abysmal on offense for the first 18, 19 minutes. And then they were able to turn things around, but now fans can breathe easy a little bit. The Seahawks are right back in the thick of this race. They have a chance to claw even higher up in the division on Thursday night. Now, I mean, on a short week and kind of getting the kinks out, new offensive coordinator in place this season, is that just going to be something we're going to see them continue to kind of take their lumps and have a, a learning curve? Does it? Do they get any advantage being on a short week, or does that play into the Rams' strength? Not looking too far ahead, but does it does it play into the Rams' strength on a short week? That's a really tough question to answer because you can look at it from a couple of different ways. But the way that I'm going to look at it, just the fact that the Seahawks finished with three touchdowns in the second half of this game, yeah. which is huge because the first three games this year, they had scored zero points in the third quarter and just 14 points in the fourth quarter. They were averaging less than five points per game in the second half which was 32nd in the NFL. They were first in the NFL for points in the first half. So Russell Wilson was joking with me after the game. He's like, you guys jinxed us because they flipped it today. But they have momentum going into Thursday night now by finishing this game strong, scoring three touchdowns in the second half, showing they could do that. Now they just got to have some carryover into the first half because they're going to need to score more than 28 points, I think, to win on Thursday night. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that. Just watched uh, pretty closely that Rams-Cardinals matchup, and I got to imagine L.A.'s looking for a bounce back after a uh, bad taste was left in their mouth. Home loss, their first of the season. Russell Wilson, 16 for 23, 149. Not a ton of yards through there, but the two touchdowns. You don't see, like, eye-popping numbers from this offense. Are those days over, or is this just a work in progress and they're building towards that? Do you think this, this offense figures it out in the next couple weeks? It feels like, again, coming out of the second half, it seems like yeah. they found something in this game. Yeah. And I know it's just two quarters of play, but 
They were able to get their play-action game going. Alex Collins gave them one heck of a lift as their secondary running back. Chris Carson's had a solid season, but for whatever reason in this game, Alex Collins' skill set gave the 49ers a lot more trouble. They've got a couple stud receivers in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett that weren't 100% but still made some big plays in this game. They're going to get D. Eskridge back hopefully on Thursday night to add more speed to that receiving core. Shane Waldron getting more and more comfortable by game. I would expect there's still going to be some growing pains with this being his first coordinator job beyond high school. But, again, I think the way this game closed out, the way the Seahawks were able to move the ball passing and running, you got to remember with those numbers, they had negative seven yards after their first five drives. So you have to keep that in mind why Russell Wilson's numbers were that low. Consider he had 149 passing yards when really they played a half of football. They've just got to find a way to play four quarters, and that's still the big issue for this offense. We've seen their opponents, at least the Seahawks, Minnesota puts up 30. They give up 33 to Tennessee in overtime. So for the first time in two weeks, we see them hold their opponent to under 30 points. Was that a product of Trey Lance, the rookie coming in for the San Francisco 49ers, or is this defense playing better? I think both. I think it was a little bit of a mix of both. Trey Lance it doesn't look to me like he's ready to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I do think he's got a very high ceiling. I see a Josh Allen type trajectory for him if everything plays out and they develop him. He's got the physical tools, but as a passer, he still looks like he's a long way away. Gave the Seahawks a little bit of fits with his athleticism, but they held him in check as a passer for the most part, other than a busted coverage, one of the worst busted coverages you're going to see. But mm. otherwise, they were able to hold him in check as a passer for the most part. Didn't do a lot of damage. And I also feel like the Seahawks overall did a much better job on defense after their opening drive. The first drive was kind of like, here we go again after the way things played out the last two weeks. But Jamal Adams and company righted the ship. They forced nine different possessions with less than 30 yards for the 49ers. Had a sequence, I believe, where they had five straight punts that they forced the 49ers into. So that's the type of defense that we're accustomed to seeing from the Seahawks. They just, early on in the season, a lot of mental breakdowns, a lot of communication issues. There were still a few of those that they need to clean up coming out of today. But I thought overall the effort was much better, and they played much closer to their ceiling. Corbin Smith, Locked On Seahawks, joins us here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. I want to ask you this question because you kind of saw it play out. Maybe kind of create the NFL blueprint for what's so trendy right now uh, with the rookie quarterback contract because you saw Trey Lance play on Sunday. You've seen Russell Wilson obviously take advantage of that rookie-scale contract. You know, he comes in a good situation, has a great team built around him, and then that becomes kind of the, the cool thing. We're seeing rookie quarterbacks struggle mightily this season unlike we've seen in a long time you think you'll see teams maybe ease off of trying to take advantage of the rookie scale contract from the quarterbacks going forward the, the draft class not necessarily as i heralded it as it's been in the last couple of years Do you think that that's something that we might see slow down with the struggles we're seeing from this rookie class no, I actually, I, I don't. I think that teams are going to continue rolling the dice because the best way to help these kids figure out how to play in the NFL is to play in the NFL. Sure. And you see what Zach Wilson did today. Some signs of progress for him. I thought Mac Jones, the few drives that I was able to watch the Patriots today, they weren't able to find a way to beat the Buccaneers, but I saw a lot of things that the Patriots should be excited about with him as well. And like I said, the traits are there for Trey Lance, but he was more of a project coming into the league yep. anyway. 
he's the kind of player that I think needs more time on the sideline to learn. He might not get that with Jimmy Garoppolo now having an injury. Maybe they'll end up sticking with him as the starter moving forward, and he's just going to have to go through his lumps. But I expect teams are going to continue playing their high first-round choice draft picks at quarterback because that seems to be the way to go now to be able to get those players to develop. And obviously you can stunt their development a little bit if things really go awry on the field. But again, look at what Zach Wilson did today. I think you're going to see teams continue to put those young quarterbacks in. That's their best chance to become respectable franchises in quick order as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and we saw Trevor Lawrence uh, have his best game as a pro in a losing effort, but he put the Jags in a good position on Thursday. He's still on the Jaguars. We have to remember that. (laughs) Jaguars, no doubt about it. Tremendous insight. Corbin Smith at Corbin Smith NFL on Twitter. He's on a short week as well. Make sure you're tuned in to Locked On Seahawks all week long, leading up Thursday Night Football against the Rams. Of course, you've got another big division game going on. The the Niners, who lost that contest, taking on the Cardinals in Arizona as the Cardinals try to stay unblemished at 4-0, trying to look to go to 5-0. Corbin, thanks, man. Appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Bo. Big win for the Seahawks to stay on pace with the rest of the NFC West. And what I thought was the biggest win of week four was the Arizona Cardinals improving to 4-0, proving that they are more than just Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, just a bunch of big names, kind of a novelty, right? You see all the big names, but you don't think it's going to be a cohesive team and that they're going to be able to be you know, in contention for the long haul, especially in such a murderer's row of a division that is the NFC West. But right now, they're the only team that's unscathed. And they beat the Tennessee Titans, and you can make the case that the Tennessee Titans – are uh, are kind of a team in flux right now, trying to figure some things out. They've got new coordinators. They're trying to mesh a bunch of players together. They didn't have A.J. Brown or Julio Jones in that contest. Uh, but also, you've got them squeaking by the Minnesota Vikings. Greg Joseph misses a 37-yard game-winning field goal in the Arizona Cardinals. It takes some luck to compete in this league. And some, you know, the saying, better lucky than good. But what the Arizona Cardinals did in L.A. today was there was no luck involved. They dominated the LA Rams 37-20, to 20, and Kyler Murray continued to prove that he's one of the top players in the league, one of the top quarterbacks in the league. He's taking that Josh Allen-type leap in his third season. He had 37 total touchdowns last year, and now Kyler Murray has 12 already through four games, total touchdowns, three on the ground and the rest through the air, nine passing touchdowns, and leading this group. Uh, he's got an unbelievable embarrassment of riches on offense that seems to really fit Cliff Kingsbury's scheme. And that's the biggest question. Can Cliff Kingsbury match wits with the rest of the league? And he proved on Sunday he was masterful. He finally, like the the student took out the teacher and Sean McVay, they have ties. Uh, And it was a big W for the Cardinals to prove like, hey, we're not just a fun novelty act that's going to be high scoring. We can can play with the big boys. And uh, they certainly showed that Matthew Stafford threw a pick in the loss. Uh, was not sharp, missed a lot of throws for the Rams, looked very reminiscent of Detroit Lions' Matt Stafford and not the Stafford that could do no wrong through three games for the Rams who suffered their first loss of the three season at 3-1. and one. They'll be fun, fine. As uh, Corbett Smith pointed out, that's your Thursday night football game. There was one last game on Sunday in week four. It was Tom Brady making his return to Foxborough where he played so many big games as a member of the New England Patriots, how'd that go? Well, it went about as that how most Tom Brady games go. Don't give him the rock. 
with a chance to win the game with what less than five minutes left because uh, he'll probably take that and do it. We'll get into that contest. I do want to tell you though that uh, Direct TV Stream is the way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. It brings you live and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and TV shows all in one place. The best part: there's no annual contract. You don't have to like give a blood sample. You don't have to sign up for five years, two years, whatever. Stop waiting. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more directtv.com. That's directtv.com. And I got to tell you about the best tasting protein bar on the planet. It's a protein bar disguised as a candy bar. You'll eat it and you're like, this is a candy bar. There's no way. There's no nutritional factor in this thing. It's got to just be all sugary and it's got to be all calories. That's not the case. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors. Coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, peanut butter, brownie. There's something for everyone. Get yourself a mix box right now. Figure out which Built Bar you like the best because you aren't cutting any corners health-wise. It's where tasty and healthy, those worlds collide. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Check this out. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. Save 15% off your next order. That's using the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Sunday Night Football did not disappoint. It was Tom Brady returning to Foxborough, where he won all those rings with the Patriots, with Bill Belichick, and we're still trying to figure out, was it Brady? Was it Belichick? Regardless, they had a good game to wrap up Sunday week four. Of course, we got Monday Night Football going on tonight, but it was Tom Brady doing what Tom Brady does, leading game-winning drives, and the Pets fell short. They kicked a 56-yarder in the rain, and it was exactly that. It was it did it did not fall through. Nick Folk's kick was not good, and the Pats fall 1917 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We bring on James Yarko from Locked On Bucks. James, you know what did you think about Tom Brady's return to Foxborough? How did you think he handled the entire game? It wasn't a pretty game out of Brady. There were a lot of missed opportunities, a lot of missed throws, some overthrows. Uh, all around, it was just an ugly game for the Buccaneers. They had a, a defensive performance that was far better than a lot of what we've seen through the season so far, even losing Carlton Davis. But the offense wasn't able to finish drives. You have Ryan Suckup missing an early field goal. The Bucs had no problem moving the ball up and down the field. But as soon as they got in the red zone, they seemed to kind of fall apart. You could tell how badly. They missed Rob Gronkowski in those situations. It was great to see the run game going, but Brady didn't look like Brady. It seemed like maybe the nerves got a little bit of the better of him. Combine that with the rain and a phenomenal defensive uh, game plan from the Patriots. And it was just, it was a tough, tough win for the Bucs. Yeah, is it going to cost them more in the long run? We're seeing a bunch of those members of the defensive secondary kind of fall off a bunch due to injury. Antoine Winfield could not finish that game. Um, you know, coming off the loss to the Rams, is is they, they've won this game. They bounce back, but at what price? I think they're going to be okay. Richard Sherman was targeted early and often in this one. He flat out wasn't ready to be on the field, and I still think he did overall a pretty decent job ending up being the number one guy out there with Ross Cockrell and Pierre Desir and D Delaney. 
you know, the, the Carlton Davis injury, if it's for any extended period of time, is going to hurt this team really, really badly. But Richard Sherman is going to look much better next week as he continues to get back into football shape, continues to understand the defense. But it was it was a tough run. Hopefully, Antoine Winfield Jr. is going to be all right. He was being evaluated for a concussion. As of now, we don't know if he actually does have one. But you have Mike Edwards filling in back there, and that's a guy who has two pick sixes on the season. He's a starting caliber safety. So yeah. I don't I don't think they're going to lose too much there. I mean, obviously, Antoine Winfield Jr. is the better player, but Mike Edwards is certainly capable of filling in that role. James Yarko, Lockdown Bucks, joins us here on the Lockdown NFL Podcast. It's your host, Bo Brock, hanging out with you. And, um, you know, it was it was interesting at the end of this game, and I, I've covered Bruce Arians uh, when he, he got the job with the Arizona Cardinals. I was fortunate to cover him uh, during those seasons from 2013 through 2017. And, you know, of course, the saying, everybody knows it now, no risk it, no biscuit. But at the end of this game, James, it was Tom Brady taking a couple shots at the end zone that stopped the clock and left plenty of time albeit a rookie in Mac Jones to tr attempt to march down the field. What were your thoughts in the play calling late in this contest? Is there anything that maybe I, I don't, I, I know you're not going to teach an old dog like Bruce Arians new tricks here, but what, what are your thoughts on that play call down the stretch? I didn't hate it. Honestly, second and eight, it's a great opportunity to take that shot. And they were close on it. I, I think if Antonio Brown had tracked the ball a little bit better and yeah. been able to turn his head to the right, uh, you know, that's that's a ball that he can catch. Then on third and eight, they go at it again. And that's a ball that A.B. catches 99 times out of 100. No question. He just couldn't seem to hang on to it as he hit the ground. But, you know, like I said, they they throw that pass 99 more times. He's going to he's going to score every single time. So stopping the clock was obviously very risky. But I, I didn't mind the shots because both of them were clear opportunities to finally get in the end zone. It, it's amazing that Tom Brady walks away from this game with no touchdown passes at all. The only touchdown came from Ronald Jones, who didn't even run the ball that efficiently. Yeah. Leonard Fournette was the star there. But, you know, the, the shots should have worked. Unfortunately, they just didn't. But at the end, I guess, you know, all's well that ends well. It's very interesting looking at the upcoming schedule for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because even if they fall short in this game, I'm trying to find the next team that they're going to play that's going to be over 500 by the time. You know, I mean, they play Miami, they play Philly, they play Chicago. They've got the Saints after that, the Washington football team, New York, Indy, Atlanta, and then they run into Buffalo. So it looks like they're going to have a nice little run here if, if they're facing any injuries, if they're facing any, any challenges as far as tweaks to the offense or the defense, they should have some time over these next couple games to figure it all out. Yeah, the, the Miami game is going to be a real interesting one. It sounds like they could probably get Gronk back for that Thursday night game against Philadelphia, but the big question is going to be surrounding the secondary. I think they'll have Jamel Dean back at the very least. He he participated in practice all week, just didn't feel well enough to go, and it's probably better that he didn't. Dealing with a knee injury in the rainy conditions that they had there in Foxborough, that could have spelled disaster. So it sounds like Jamel Dean's probably going to be able to play like I said, you're going to get Richard Sherman a little bit more comfortable. He's going to start getting back to form. But you wonder, what is the severity of Carlton Davis's injury? To me, it looked like it's going to be a, a quad strain. I'm hoping it's just a strain. If it's a tear or a, a pull of any sort, he could be out significant time. 
We still haven't gotten any update on Sean Murphy bunting, but they definitely have some games coming up here where it's kind of a, a series where they can get right. Of course, you have the Halloween matchup against Jameis Winston. There's, you know, another revenge game, if, if you mm -hmm. want to call it that. Um, and I, I'm sure plenty of people will. But, you know, the, the Bucks can kind of start to find their groove a lot like they did at the end of the 2020 season, facing some teams that aren't quite up to the talent level that the Buccaneers are. Fantastic insight. They're talking about the big win all day today on the Monday edition of Locked on Bucks. Check it out. Of course, follow on Twitter at Locked on Bucks and, of course, at Yarko underscore Bucks. James, thank you so much. Always great to catch up with you. Bo, it's a pleasure. Look forward to doing it again. Still strange, though, to see Tom Brady wearing the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform, especially when he's playing a team like the New England Patriots. We've got one more game on the slate in week four. That's tonight. It's the Chargers and the Raiders who look to remain undefeated in Las Vegas. It's going to be a great game. Luke Braun, Ross Jackson, they'll break it down for you on this podcast tomorrow and also check out the respective Locked On Chargers and Locked On Raiders with your boy Q for more insight, because if it's your team, it's every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Please, uh, big thank you to everybody for tuning in and making Locked On NFL your first listen each and every day. And I highly recommend if you like Locked On NFL, check out Peacock and Williamson. They, uh, they're talking all the biggest NFL stories and breaking down week four, just like I did for you today. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Bo Brock. I'll be back with you next Monday. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll talk to you in week five right here on the Locked On NFL Podcast.